welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your host, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan and my co-host as always is Sandra Sims. Buddy, what is going on in the Magic City today? We are finishing up spring semester and I can sense summer on the edge. I do. And so there's an excitement. The the temperature here is lovely. Uh, But honestly, just that I always hate to say goodbye to kids but I'm sending them off, let them start teaching, but I'm going to be truthful. This is a, I'm ready. I'm ready for a little, you know, a little pause yeah. moment yeah. just yeah. so that we can reboost. And I think I start back in a week. Oh, yes. So I have summer. In a week? summer. We have a May term. Yep. Okay. Oh, buddy. Yeah. You I, literally, you never I, stop teaching. I love you? teaching. I love ah. teaching. Love it. Okay. Well, what about hey, you? well, all is well. It's getting hot here. Just been outside for a little run and it's hot. And my allergies are blowing up. But other than that, it is great. And you know what else is great, buddy? What? Today's guest. Do you want to know why? I need to know. All right. Look, there are lots of reasons and we're going to talk about all of them. But you want to know like the main reason he's great? Yes. Okay. The main reason is because he lives in my hometown, Marietta, Georgia. So, buddy, I am so excited. Is that not so cool? How did that happen? I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll find out. Okay. We're, probably, we're probably related. But I am so excited <laughs> to have from Marietta, Georgia, Adam Mullis on the show today. Welcome to Radio Gold. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm living the dream. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are very welcome. And we're excited that you're here. And I just want you to know, uh, really, Radio Gold might be a bit of a stretch. So we want you to manage expectations. We're a little bit more like maybe Radio Aluminum. Uh, but we're excited you're here today. And hey, buddy, this is a, a great, we have just a great guest today. So Adam is a PhD candidate in health education and promotion. He started uh, that program in January 2018 at Walden University. And his dissertation is going to be related to state policy for sex education. So that's going to be an interesting thing to talk about. He got his master's of science in education and curriculum assessment and instruction from Walden University and his bachelor's in physical education with a minor in health from Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina. A lot of great folks and friends of ours in South Carolina. Uh, and Winthrop is a terrific, terrific program. Uh, and so currently, Adam is teaching at Griffin Middle School, which is not in Griffin, Georgia, but it is in Smyrna, Georgia. And he teaches uh, sixth through eighth grade health and physical education. Uh, and he has been there since August of 2020, which, buddy, was right in the middle of the pandemic. So can't wait to hear more about that. He also taught and coached at Creighton Middle School, uh, sixth to eighth grade again. He was the health and physical education teacher there uh, from 2015 to 2020. He's uh, been a member of the South Carolina AFERD. And again, we have some great friends. Uh, He's been the president and past president of SCAFERD as well, uh, including president-elect, of course. He's done numerous presentations for groups in South Carolina, for SCAFERD, Uh, for Shape America and Human Kinetics, and he is currently serving uh, as the National Academy uh, Southern Tier Health Promotion Program Council member at large. So Adam, we're delighted that you're uh, with us in the Academy, and we're so excited to have you. But buddy, wait, 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 there's more. Uh, 
Adams Awards. All right, are you ready? Healthier Generations National Award winner. He received silver, bronze, and bronze again three different times. He's been the Winthrop Young Alumni Award recipient, the Creighton Middle School Teacher of the Year, the Creighton Middle School Above the Call of Duty Award, which by the way, what a great name for an award, Above the Call of Duty, the Scaford President's Award recipient, the Most Outstanding Major from Winthrop University, Physical Education Major of the Year, not once, but twice, and he's an Eagle Scout. So buddy, I hope you ask him about his scouting project because now I wanna know what he did. Well, I'll just start with that because that's really not on my list, but I will do that. I need you to know, Adam, uh, I had a young boy in my life and he went through Cub Scouts and he was looking at, uh, at after Cub Scouts, he became a scout and learning all the things that scouts do has been amazing. But to be an Eagle Scout, I do have a kind of a, I don't know that everybody really knows how hard that is. And I am interested. You want to tell it, our listeners about your project? Um, so looking back at that, um, my Eagle Scout project, we actually built um, parallel parking barriers for the driver's ed program at Irmo High School, which is in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, really, honestly, definitely I was 17, 16 years old, and that was my first college product project. You have to build a budget. You have to get donations. You can't buy anything. You have to present a portfolio. It was just a, a lot of skills that I didn't necessarily have at that point in my life that would become very important for anything I could do. So, and I still put that on my resume, even though that was when I was 18 years old. And I'm very proud of that to this day. And I really, you know, if, if, if someone understands, you know, what scoutings went through, it's an instant connection. And on so many skills, I still love. And obviously I love to be outdoors and kind of fostered that love of being outdoors. So it was a great thing. And um, I, I'm definitely glad uh, I'm not the most motivated high school senior. I'll talk a little bit about that, but um, luckily I had good people in my life to push me to being a scout. So, but I think that that's a big deal. And I think, you know, I don't think I would have known before Jack and his experience uh, with scouting. I don't know that I would have really known the, the depth of Eagle Scout. I mean, I think we've heard it, but it's really pretty significant. Not everybody reaches that achievement. So, and I don't blame you at all. I'd leave it on that resume forever because that's a big deal. All right, here's what I'm going to ask. I loved middle school. I taught a majority of my life before I came here to UAB. I taught middle school. Secondary was my world and middle school, high school was my passion for me. I absolutely loved middle school and I still to this day miss it and miss teaching today. I was just in a middle school with one of my student teachers, but I think the biggest thing is middle school is such a a dynamic group of kids who need some amazing uh, health educators and physical educators. So I'm interested, tell me about this experience. It, it, I believe if I read correctly, that not only were you the health and physical educator, but you were also, you coach volleyball, football, track and strength. So, wow, um, right out of the gate, right out of college, that's a pretty heavy load. Will you wanna tell us about your experience there? So, um, you know, you come out of college and at least from, from my point of view, I felt like I knew everything. I was super excited, ready just to jump in there with two feet. Um, middle school will humble you very quickly. Um, it came very clear that it didn't matter how much I knew, um, especially because I, I, I brought a little different edge to the PE program that students weren't used to. 
um, you know, small sided games, uh, free days were no longer a thing. Um, kids uh -oh, rebellion. To, yeah. <laughs> kids, kids tend to push back a little bit on that, but um, luckily through a lot of different avenues, um, I was able to build some relationships. I think the thing that caught me the most from, from my first job was I expected the kids to push back. I knew that was going to happen. They're middle school kids. Um, Got to constantly remind yourself that they are sometimes in the worst part of their life. And I mean that respectfully. I really do enjoy middle school, but I mean, ages, you know, 11 through 14 are very difficult times trying to figure out who they are. And I always think back about the great people who helped me through that time and pushed me to be the best version of myself. But the um, adults and different perspectives and right and wrong may not always be as clear as your textbooks in college made them. So learning how to build relationships with people who at that time were old enough to be my parents, respectfully, they were just older than I am, um, was, was difficult and frustrating. But I did learn a lot and I learned about myself and I learned about being a good teammate and I learned about, you know, what were my non-negotiables and then try to bend and compromise everywhere else. So that was one of the a major lessons. And of course, you know, you, you read off the things that I was doing and I was working 12 hours a day. And I look back now, I was lucky enough um, to recently get married and, I, you know, I don't think I could, I could pull that that day anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm really thankful for my experience. Creighton was a great place to work, had some amazing people and a very diverse population, which you know, I think is the best. We have any kind of walks or life and, and very um, diverse socioeconomic status and uh, ethnicity and anything else, which is, I believe is a, a really good representative uh, representation of what the world is. And I would tell kids, this is why I wanna work here because all of you make this a great place. Um, but really as, and I know we'll talk about this a little later, but learning that work-life balance is critical. Um, no matter how passionate you are, you have to take care of yourself as well. And I think you said something very interesting because I work with the student who is, you know, walking out like they're, they just walked across the stage, they're ready to go. And we do believe that when we walk across the stage that we know everything. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we hit the barriers are not always, like you said, the students, they're the, the peer workers, the people who've been there and have a different routine. That's not necessarily quality. And I'm not saying that that's what you said. I'm just saying for me, that first year, you, for my students have this idea, they're going to go change it. And it's just going to take time. And that's why we have a, a huge bailout after first year for some, for many students, I go, Hey, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is harder. Um, but anyway, I, I respect that you were able to get through it. Um, but what you said was real important that you didn't lose your, I don't know, your core, your core values. You, there were things you wouldn't negotiate on. And I respect that. And I think that that's what's happened to some great people that get out there and then they stop fighting. So I, I want to say, I don't know you, Adam, I, I'm meeting you for the first time today, but you've already said something very powerful that I think puts you up on my list of saying that's the kind of person I want in our, our field is somebody who is willing to to fight the good fight so excited to hear more about your story yeah um go ahead no Adam I was just going to say that probably in a few minutes it, you you might not know this unless you've listened to all 70 
six episodes, but at some point Sandra will cry. So you'll buddy. you'll probably no, I'm just I think it's important to give him a heads up, buddy. I just wanted Adam to know that so that he doesn't feel badly if you start but it, ha having some emotions around you have emotions. I all, like all of this greatness, right? The the coaching right. and the kids and the yeah, yes, yes. I know. So I'm getting I'm getting sensitive right now. Since you're talking I, about I it. could see it. I okay. could see it coming. And I thought Adam needed to know that. So Adam, uh, on to a, a happier topic uh, instead of my buddy crying. We know that Griffin Middle School is not in Griffin, Georgia. It is in Smyrna. So tell us about your current uh, position there and, and how things are going. And I know you just moved, so you're, you, got a, you got a lot of life going on right now. So, um, I, I, you know, I was, I loved Creighton Middle School so much. It was a great place. It was everything you wanted, all the support. Um, you know, I could go to national conferences. I was able to work with district leaders and write lesson plans and curriculum. And it was just a dream place. Um, and then I met the love of my life and you have to make a decision. You know, I, I love teaching and, and students are extremely important, but um, family and, and things like that come first in my point of view. So I ended up, um, my wife is an exercise physiologist, which is even smaller field than um, physical education and health teachers. And this was in the middle of COVID. We had no idea what was going on. Tiger King came out and, you know, we didn't know what to think of that. So I was like, heck, you know, there were three jobs in Cobb County, which is a very large school district. So I was like, I'll apply. I doubt I'll get it. And, you know, six hours later, they called me wow. and I ended up working. I was, I was amazed. I really, because um, as many of us know, it can be very difficult. Um, PE teachers, when they're in a good spot, don't leave. Um, which, you know, who can blame them? But um, Griffin is a Title I school, which Creighton was not. And of course, you had to learn how to teach physical education online. Mm -hmm. um, that was difficult, to, to say the least. Um, Flipgrid was my best friend. We did it. Honestly, I saw some really cool stuff online. It, it really did make me a better teacher in the long run. For example, like I'd have kids teach me a skill through Flipgrid and I saw anything from skateboard tricks to scooter tricks and just some awesome stuff that wouldn't be practical in a normal setting. Um, but it was tough. It was, I, I have never felt burnout like at the end of that year. Um, and that's like, I really do love my job. Like even now, it's the end of the school year, you know, we've been teaching hard. I don't feel anything like last year. Um, but, you know, uh, I do believe sometimes you, you got to, you know, have the rain for the rainbows. Mm -hmm. So luckily um, this year has been, you know, almost a 360 or a 180, not a 360. Good thing I'm not. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, you can cut that part. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, my point being is, you know, this year we've been pretty much been able to teach normal physical, physical education or what I, you know, was taught to teach. And it's, this time, as far as changing culture about health and wellness, I've just been so much smarter about it, I guess you can say. Um, I know what to expect. I know what arguments I'm going to have with people about you know, things like um, food as a reward and looking at health, health and wellness holistically, not just something that happens in health and PE, looking at it, you know, the whole school needs to be involved in this. And if we have a healthier school, we have kids that are happier, healthier, and test better. Um, so just understanding, 
you know, what I need to do to be successful, to, to help promote our mission has been so much easier. And I guess that comes with experience. Um, but Griffin's a great place. I have great leadership who really allows us, I say us, but, um, you know, the PE team to really be innovative and do a lot of different things that, you know, I never thought, for example, we're, um, we wrote a grant this year and we're going to try to get some VR oh, um, cool. headsets and, um, that way, you know, kids who never, you know, don't like the traditional sports will finally have something they're interested in, in physical education. Um, so really been able to do some innovative stuff at Griffin. Um, the Title I school, it's been eye-opening in a lot of ways. Um, just really humbling yourself and realizing that a lot of students don't have the same background as you and the same um, you know, upbringing as you did and not putting yourself on a pedestal and realizing that sometimes you have things in your head that you, that are not true and you need to be honest with yourself and get to know these people. And like, like for example, like um, in this school, I've noticed there's a lot more junk food than in my previous school, but it's simply because a lot of school, a lot of students don't have access to healthy food, unfortunately. So trying to find more creative ways to some of those barriers in health and wellness is a challenge, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely up for it and excited for it. And, you know, all students deserve access to quality health, physical education, physical activity, and um, anything else we can give them because, man, the last two years have been hard on adults, but can't imagine right. what it would be like in eighth grade trying right. to, to deal with puberty, adolescence, and COVID. Yeah. Um, so learn Griffin, Griffin Middle School has taught me so much and trying to, you know, humble yourself and look at things from a different perspective and a different glass has been very critical for that. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. You know, I think that that's uh, an interesting thing and in that you could actually go to different places. I, you know, when I was, when I left um, college, I really thought at one point I said, you know, here my dream is I'm going to go to a different school every two years. I'm just going to start new programs. And that was my dream. I remember being, I was interviewed by the Birmingham News. What are you going to do? And I, I said, oh, I'm going to go and change the world Two, I'm going to stay two years. That is a hard thing. Why did I even think that? You know, staying and actually moving. And I know you, as you left, because of a very, very important reason. But I really thought that that would be a nice little thing to do. But that is a hard thing to start over. And in particular, going to different environments. So it looks like you're, you're well on your way. You're doing very, very well there. But I want to ask you a question because I saw something on your resume that really, I don't know, it made me go, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm interested. Okay, so you were in Scaford right out of college. Now, okay, I read that you immediately went to the executive committee. Okay, now I believe... I had to just get enough nerve to work my way from secretary up the role. And you just jumped in. If, is that correct that you actually became president right out of, right out of college? So tell me about this. I need to hear this backstory here because I have a little bit more stories. I mean, questions I need to ask, but this is amazing to me. So just to clarify, so I actually was on, technically they needed like a college representative so at that, I was on um, the executive board technically, 
Got and it. then went to vice president and then um, president-elect and, and so forth. It, okay, uh, it doesn't matter. It, that's a quick rise right out of the gates. Okay, seriously, you went in and it took me years before I stepped in that because president's tough, but you did it. So I'm, tell us about this, why it's important for you to be a leader in your professional organization. So I figured out that if I was going to be the best health and PE teacher, I had to find people who just ran circles around me. And the best way to do that was these people who understood, you know, the fight I was struggling, I was, I was doing in, you know, in school, trying to promote health and PE, trying to help people realize it's important, trying to do the best thing for kids uh, and trying to get equipment who've been doing it for 30 years. And, you know, just everyone at Scaford I talked to, um, understood that and understood me and understood and could, and could provide practical advice. So I figured out that I, you know, even if I, I look back at like, wow, I don't, you know, I don't know if I was ready for that position, but I, I kind of had the attitude that I'm okay to fail in front of people and why not? You know, if, if no one else is, is going to step up or um, I can work hard and if I don't know something, I'll learn it. So some of that, I look back and I was like, mm, maybe a little overconfident, but at the same time, um, wasn't interested in the title, was really interested in learning and helping the profession go forward. Um, I, think, I think I learned a lot running or trying to run a volunteer operation when people don't have to come right. is very challenging. I have the most respect for that. Um, but you meet some amazing people who just love, love, love health and PE and have done some incredible things and have really just reinvented themselves time after time. And, and you know, going, um, you know, this is the first year I haven't been to Scaford since I was 17. And it, you know, it hurts my heart a little bit. Um, some amazing people there, some great people there. But, you know, I, I, I think people get nervous because they're scared to fail in front of their colleagues, which I can understand. But something I've learned about leadership is, you know, I've never, I, I've been criticized very little by people who are doing more than me. Um, so everyone who was there on the executive board was always lifting me up and trying to help me learn. And what a great way to learn except on the job. Um, so it was an incredible experience, some amazing people who helped me become a better person and a better teacher. And they really are like family. But I so. think, I think what you've said, you know, here I am, I have students that I work so hard to try to get them involved and go to the state conventions and hold office like at the future professional executive committee, you know, just over students. And just to get them to, to bite, to go there is such, they're so nervous. I would love to know what advice you would give like to me who work with future professionals to maybe step into that position of going on and being vulnerable you know, getting yourself in a position where you're already in leadership and you learn so much. So I'm, I'm interested, what kind of message could you share that maybe future professionals who are interested or maybe don't know they're interested yet? What, what would be advice you'd give them? Just the mindset of <laughs> that you will mess up and that you will make mistakes, but it will only make you better. Um, I, I remember the interview and, you know, I, I've always been, I have to stay busy. I have to do like seven things. And that's how I focus on one thing is to do seven things at a time. You sound and a little bit I, like charity. Y'all, <laughs> uh, okay, y'all from Thanks, the same buddy. area. I'm sorry, y'all connected. Buddy. 
must be in the water. It is yeah. something yeah. there. Okay. But my, my principal was like, you must have even, you know, taken a writing of, you know, a class in creative writing or just done all these things. And I realized that doing things like Scaford, um, you know, just gave me an advantage over other PE teachers. And then when I got, if, you know, if you have those leadership skills, things that, you know, PE teachers are respected, are expected to do just even the simplest field day, not that field day is that simple, don't get me wrong, but you, you have those skills to be organized and to, to lead other adults, which can be very challenging. Um, so my, my mindset or my advice would be go for it. Um, absolutely go for it. It's only gonna make you a better version of your professional self. I love that. To, yeah. Thank you, that's perfect. Hey, uh, buddy, I think we both would agree that Adam was in a great place to start his career. I mean, yes. South Carolina, pretty full, awesome. of great, yes. full of great folks. So uh, very fortuitous for you, Adam. And, you know, your service is continuing now as we are speaking with you. You are serving on the inaugural uh, Southern Tier of the National Academy of Health and Physical Literacy. You're on the Health Promotion Program Council. And, you know, the Academy is super excited about all of the leadership positions that we have. And if you add them up, if you go to the you know, org chart and you add up all of the positions uh, that are out there nationally, it's, it's like over 400, it's crazy. But I think that's really important because not only do we wanna help grow leaders, but I'm, I'm very passionate, hey, I'm, I'm getting older. You know, we need people behind us who can keep this going. And you, know, you are certainly, uh, in that group of people that are coming along behind us. And, and I'm just so grateful that you said yes to that opportunity. And, you know, our hope is to really build the academy on the strength of our members. And so I'm curious, you know, what, what is the strength that you believe that you bring, whether it's to the academy, the Southern Tier, Griffin Middle School, you know, what, what is something that, that you think is, is a strong suit that you can share with others as a leader? You know, I think especially to be involved in teaching as a full-time job, we think about teaching when we're home and everyone has their responsibilities. And of course, family is, in my opinion, once again, the most important, but the ability to carve out times that are also important for uh, state and national organizations is something that I, I feel like I really have strength with. Um, you know, I might have to spend a little less time watching Netflix or something like that, but I, I feel like the connections you make with people through organizations are the reason why people stay in, are one of the reasons why people stay in teaching and things like that. And I also feel like I'm, I'm it's not uh, an overconfidence. It's just in a, uh, ability to realize that I will mess up and that will be okay and I will learn from it. And um, I think once you get over that fear of failure and realize, and don't get me wrong, you know, no one likes to look silly or unprepared. Um, but once you get over that, that that will happen and that you will learn from it, you just, your, your ability to take on new tasks and new roles and not have that, like, uh, what's it called? Imposter syndrome right. really does uh, multiply. So just the ability to make time um, I think that's honestly one of the biggest things. Um, we all have everything going on and making time for things that are important like we're doing right now is critical. And um, just the ability to understand that you will mess up or maybe you won't do something perfect. 
you will learn from it or things that I feel like I, I bring to any organization or school that I'm in. Hey, I hate to tell you this, but I, I'm not sure imposter syndrome ever totally leaves you. <laughs> so if you, uh, you know, in about 20, 25 years, if you still feel like you have it, it, it actually might not be such a bad thing. I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it's a gift. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> you're, you're sitting now in a state. Now, I, I would love to say Alabama has a strong state association. I think we're, we do. But I will also say my neighbor uh, Georgia has some pretty amazing leaders. And so now you're sitting in a state that number one, I don't want you to, I don't want to be either, or I, I definitely want you to stay in the Academy because we definitely, we need you and that the strength that you have, but also know that you've got a state that's sitting right there that has incredible leadership. And I hope that you'll also get involved with Gayford because Gayford's very, very strong. Um, they put on a lot of nice state and different workshops around the state. So anyway, just don't want to give my, I tip my hat to my, my Georgia people. I don't, yeah. I don't tip, I don't tip my hat to, to all of their universities and stuff. Cause I, that would get a little fiery. We get a little you fiery. A, you have a football problem. Buddy. Yeah, we, we, we do. Yeah. We, we have yeah, a little bit of an issue with the, the, the university over there, but that's okay. That's, that's another story. Uh, but anyway, I want to talk to you. You, you're talking about this change and you made this move in a very unusual time for our country. This has been, as you know, an experience that we, you know, I want to say we're recovering or we're, we're in a new normal or something, whatever you want to call what we're going through right now. I do feel like that I feel I can breathe right now because I think we're out and doing some things, but I, I'm concerned still about a lot of things that are happening. And I know there you moved into a different world, you know, you left behind all your peeps and you came in and it happened in the middle of this crazy COVID. So I'm interested, how have you handled this? You know, I'll, we'll get to the professional part, but how about personally? How have you handled, how'd you handle the, the COVID craziness? Well, um, when, you know, you go from being a PE teacher and you're, you know, you're walking 20,000 steps a day. So the first thing I did, I took six, seven walks a day. <laughs> I had to just Keep that exercise because I mean I don't I don't I remember being very anxious. Um, luckily, um, you know, very understanding partner, my wife or my you know girlfriend at that time, um, figuring out how to communicate and live together. Um, and I you know being very vulnerable here, couples therapy has been a wonderful thing. Um, I'll be honestly vulnerable again that the idea of couples therapy was very like whoa for me, um, but it's been a great thing and just learning how to communicate and live together and um, respect one another has been a huge part of dealing with just life. Um, so those are some of the things I cope personally with, with COVID. You really start to wonder is, you know, what, what is the most important thing? Um, you'll notice that Griffin, I'm not coaching like I did at Creighton. Correct. And I loved, I loved coaching. I enjoyed it so much, but if you're not a thousand percent into it, you know, you're not, you know, the money is definitely not why people coach in middle school. So I, I am thankful and I, I learned how to, to set better boundaries and realize that, you know, I, I only have a hundred percent, you know, you, you'll, you only have a hundred percent. So what is the most important thing that's going to get the majority of that percentage is really something that COVID taught me um, and changing that mindset that, 
you know, you want to do great things in education, but nothing, my opinion, nothing truly great happens quickly. Mm. So it, it is a marathon. And if you really, you're going to be more valuable as a teacher over 30 years and you will be, you know, going, you know, 99% for three years. Right. So realizing, you know, okay, you know, I need to put the work down. I'm not doing anything tonight. Uh, I'm going to spend time with people who are important to me. That's really what helped me get through COVID. Um, and, you know, trying to, trying to build relationships with people around me. Disc golf. I am an avid disc golfer. Um, I never thought I would be. But I, you know, obviously at Winthrop, we have a, we have a national turn, disc golf tournament at Winthrop and I, I picked it up there and it was one of the few things that really didn't shut down. Um, so that was a huge way for me to cope and to focus on something that I could control. Another weird note, um, I started building Legos and uh, people were like, why would you build Legos? I was like, this is the only thing where I know where every piece is. I know exactly mm -hmm. the instruction. And it was like, with everything going so chaotic, I could come home and build Legos. And I actually started like, like a little like photography Instagram page of like Lego pictures. It was weird coping mechanism, but you got to do what you got to do. Listen, we have to, we have to find, you're right. And I think everybody yeah. has to find their method, but I think you've hit on something where you talked about that, you know, I don't, none of us knew, you know, never, we did, we did not know how this thing was going to run. And we still don't know how things are going to kind of go in the future. But I, I think that just making, and I think when you were talking about earlier that relationship building and letting people speak and getting emotions out, that is so foreign. If you think about how many, we're, we've come light years now. Here we are talking about social emotional learning. There's, it, it's so important now and what you just said. And so as I shift the question now, to how did it impact you as a teacher? You know, I think you just said it. Last year was hard. Last year was hard for everybody, kids, teachers. The exhaustion you were talking about, I saw it on so many of my friends that were in public school. And I think when we, we, we start looking at some of those things about how I think people need to talk about it, I, I think that's interesting and in how your health education, physical education blend has really been powerful. But one other thing I was going to say was this year, it seems my teachers are less exhausted, like you said, but the students' behavior has been more of an issue. It's been, this has been a tougher year for either them getting back into the system and getting in the swing of things. But here's the deal. What are you doing with it? How did you, how did you make it through your professional? How did you make it through that exhaustion time? And you come back out and this year is better for you. I'm interested. Well, um, obviously taking some time with, you know, summer to relax and do what you want to do is, is I think a critical part of teaching. Um, also realizing the, the signs where I need a break is critical, which is, is something that has become more aware as I've aged of, wow, you know, you, you really are, I'm being really harsh to my wife, you know, you need to take a step back from the work or, or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, discipline at the beginning of the year was, was difficult. There's, there's no lie. I mean, relation, I mean, in, in the, a very critical time for middle schoolers of, you know, social interaction, they didn't have for a year and a half. So, you know, even things like, you know, wearing your hood, which is perfectly acceptable 
in your house, which you've been for the last year, are like being on their phone and kids could not transition easily from that. They didn't have those skills yet. So it was, it was a lot of patience, uh, a lot of frustration, to be honest, but kids are resilient. Kids really are. I, I really do believe with the right resources and support, children can do anything. And um, our school does a great job of PBIS system um, and giving students, you know, incentive to do the right thing. And we also have, you know, strong administrators who, who support you with discipline and who, you know, have your back. If, at least it feels like that as a teacher, which has been critical. Um, so having those two things and being patient um, and having the, the most empathy that is possible with mm -hmm. students. I've, I, I, you know, being honest, I've probably talked with more parents this year and having that, you know, mutual relationship with parents, be like, hey, I, I care about your student. This is what I'm seeing, you know, when they're around their friends, which may be different from what you see at home has really been critical. So a lot of patience and, and just time. Because students are, in my opinion, or at least from my perspective, students are snapping back into the normal flow. But of course, now we're at the end of the year and everything gets crazy. Um, but uh, students, students are resilient. It just takes time to learn those social skills. And honestly, that's, that's my argument about why PE is more important than ever now, because they get a chance to interact and socialize in a healthy way and figure out how to deal with things, um, you know, in a respectful way, not just like they would do online video games, as I, I tell them often, and learning how to communicate and talk to people in a way that's going to help you, you know, achieve the goal or whatever it may be. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this transitions to next year. I think yes. that's going to be the biggest thing is to see how many teachers stay, you know, because we had such, we had a big fallout of teachers retiring how many people will stay, how the kids come back and what we kind of, what kind of impact that, I don't know if anything else is going to happen and how we can move through next year. I'm really looking forward to it because I know we want to end this, this year and I think everybody needs a break, but I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what that next year is going to look like. But thank you for sharing that. Cause I do think that we're, we've learned a lot about each other uh, during this kind of a weird time. So, and thank you for making it. Yeah. I am. Um couldn't imagine doing anything else and I'm I'm just glad that I'm a little bit stubborn because it definitely has like this has been you know the best nine weeks in a long time so it, it's good to see kids enjoying physical education building relationships and interacting at a uh, a normal grade level level because at the beginning of the year with behavior it was hard to tell who is a sixth grader and who is an eighth grader just because they haven't had that time other than height of course so I believe students are resilient. I do believe, you know, we'll bounce back to normal behavior levels and um, I expect next year to be even better. Perfect, thank you. Hey, Adam, I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. So you are in a PhD program right now uh, and that program is health education and promotion. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious why the move from physical education to health education for that, uh, for that degree. Honestly, I was just, you know, at, at the time when I made this decision, I was just as much a health teacher as I was a physical education teacher. And I felt like my personal knowledge and understanding of health and health education was lacking compared to physical education. I had a minor in health, had some amazing teachers. Um, to be honest, I also thought, you know, logistically that health education 
would open up more doors and health education and promotion because that does kind of intertwine with public health a little bit. So the, the possibilities of other things that could come my way. I have a dream of, you know, starting my own nonprofit someday. Um, and I, you know, that's, it's uh, mental health, uh, mental health issues are very near and dear to my heart for a lot of, of reasons. And, um, you know, unfortunately I have some friends that are no longer with us with mental health issues and things like that. So that passion to, you know, reach as many people as possible with the health promotion and health and wellness and spreading that word is kind of like a life mission for me. You know, I, one thing that surprised me so much in the pandemic was that we could be in the middle of this shared experience. And as we move through, have disagreements about what that experience was or why it was happening or any of these other things. Right. But the thing that I feel that I see universal agreement on, and I'm speaking on behalf of college campuses and college athletics, because I've talked to a lot of coaches is the mental health that issues that have come out of this and the utter lack of preparedness that we have currently to deal with the, the crisis, whether it's a, you know, a three week wait time at one counseling center at a university, or it's another that has a three month, um, you know, it's just really, that is a theme I have heard over and over and over. So I applaud you for, um, you know, wanting to make a, a difference there and to really understand it and to help our field be part of the solution, right? I mean, um, I was just this weekend, I spent some time with a, a Hall of Fame softball coach, and she kept going back to ath student-athlete mental health issues and how much worse it has gotten after this time and, mm -hmm. and just really being in a place of, I don't know what else to do. I want to help, but I don't know what else to do. So I think, I, again, I, I think it's wonderful that you're in a program that hopefully will help you help our field be part of that, that solution that's going to take way more than just the school counselor to, to address. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, holistically, I really do feel, um, of course, mental health professionals are a huge part of this, but the, the prevention effort and helping, especially middle schoolers, understand that what they do on a daily basis is self-care with exercise, with eating right, with putting their phone down, with sleeping, you know, all things that are huge statistical issues with that age group, um, yeah. the more the merrier. And why, as we talked um, a little bit earlier about you know, why it was so important to get physical education and health education, which I think, you know, obviously the perfect team mm. of, you know, this is what you need to do with your body, but you also have to know stuff and work on these skills as well. So anything I can do to promote that, um, I, I, I feel like there are so many misnomers in our culture about what mental health is and how taking care of yourself, you know, should be. Of course, I'm not perfect at it. I have flaws like any other human. Um, but just so much and education and, you know, obviously promotion are so critical. So, and I agree. And I just, I, I don't know the answer either. I think it's, you know, every time we turn on the news, there's something else. There's another, there's another athlete, there's another celebrity, there's people are dealing with it and it's, and they're not dealing with it well. And I don't want, I don't, I don't know who to, where we're going to turn, but I definitely hope that we can get back 
I don't know. I just I want us to be able to help some people. And I, I commend you that you're going in this area. Um, and buddy, that was pretty neat that you had a chance to share um, share that with that coach. And I think that that's powerful because women's athletics is being we're seeing a huge spike there. And that's not that we're concerned. We're not concerned about everybody. We're, but there just seems to yeah. be I don't know. And I, I don't know how to stop it. Yeah, it was a it was a great conversation, and um, hopefully, maybe it's one we can you know have again one day. But you know, it was it was social media, mm-hmm. the pandemic, the isolation of the pandemic, and um, you know, uh, for the student athletes, kind of that parental involvement, mm-hmm. which is sometimes it comes from a, a very loving and concerned place, but it's it's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, a lot more than back in the day when you're parents dropped you off at the field and you know that your coach was always right your coach was just like a teacher and you better not let me hear anything bad from the coach um because it was it's your fault child (laughs) not you know not the coaches and so that's just a very different world today but the um the the mental health and the especially social media and the role of social media and how it impacts those uh, young people is it's a it is a huge huge deal but I will say this, I do think things are not as taboo. I think we're at least talking about it. We're seeing more commercials, more advertisements, more everybody's talking about it. And I just think that that's at least a good beginning. So I think we're on the road. I just hope that we can get to that finish line before we lose too many more people. All right, Adam, I want to ask you a question. This is a chance I, I really always share with all of our um, guests. If you had a chance just to, I don't know, give a pat on the back or a thank you to somebody who influenced you're successful very early, even though you're very young in your career, you've been very successful so far. So has there in, has there been anybody that you want to kind of give a shout out to to say thank you? I, you know, I thought about this long and hard, this question, and I, I got to give more than one shout out. And I feel like I'm still going to forget somebody. But of course, you know, my, my mom and dad, I always would think about them and just um, had a lot of struggles with learning. Um, you know, learning did not come easy. Um, weirdly enough, I doubled my high school GPA in college, which is not usually how that works. <laughs> um, it was very strange. My, my dad was my best man at my wedding, and he, he, he reminded everyone of that as well and his <laughs> toast to me, which was very funny. But to answer your question, you know, my parents have always been amazing people that have showed me that you can overcome shortcomings with hard, hard work. And I really do appreciate that, you know, from in T-ball when, you know, you dad told me to back up the third baseman when you're in left field just in case that one time you can make a great play has has always stuck with me and then I think um, I think about my high school English teacher who who challenged me I was I was being a jerk in class with my best friend and we were messing around and she looks me dead in the face and she says oh you think this is easy you do it so I came to class the next day and I um and she she let me lead the lesson on the crucible um, which was really powerful, you know, hey, you know, maybe I'll try teaching. I really like this, even though English um, was difficult, especially in high school for me. And then, of course, at Winthrop, I had some amazing, amazing edu- educators. Um, Dr. Chetko, who unfortunately is no longer with us, um, had her as a freshman, and, and she had a reputation of being very particular. Um, and she was we were learning, we were talking about skipping and we were freshmen and it was 8 a.m. and we didn't know how to go to sleep at that time. And she just stopped us and she just gave us a sermon about how if you're going to bring 
70% to class don't come because that's not good enough for your future students. And that has stuck with me. And I gave me, I gave me like goosebumps still thinking about that. Hey, Adam, Uh, we, we, we knew Stevie and we loved her. Love she was an amazing, and I wasn't sure, I, I knew you went to Winthrop, but I wasn't sure the timeline was right. And I'm thrilled to hear that you, you yes. had her for class. And I'm, I can't even imagine that. I knew, I know that had to be an amazing experience. It was, and just, you know, to have somebody who could tell you the theory and then actually show you like her lessons, like with volleyball, you know, they still stick in my head. And just like the, the uh, with the motor learning behind it and how you actually put that into practice in a practical setting with 30 kids is um, was amazing. Um, another wonderful person who really, you know, encouraged me to go the health education side, Dr. Hamill, Dr. Shelley Hamill is an amazing person. Um, I, I, sh- I had some struggles in college with certifications and and she was always positive with supporting me and another huge uh, inspiration was Scaford and Dr. Jenny, Dr. Seth Jenny, who was at Winthrop at the time was a great inspiration and a great uh, role model about how to be a professional and really pushed the professional organization and the PEM club at that time, the PE majors club. So really just had some amazing professionals that show you what it's like to be a good teacher and do the professional side of things. And um, kids deserve your best. Kids deserve what you got every single day. Um, And those are things I will never forget from those people. So those people really showed me how to, to love teaching and what teaching can be and why teaching health and PE is an amazing career. And you can have fun every single day. It's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's a great, great, great story. Um, all right. So Adam, we're going to talk past, present, and future of middle school physical education. So what have you noticed has changed better or worse uh, since you were a middle school physical education student? Um, I think looking back at my experience and obviously that's only like a small keyhole of maybe what would happening. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to compare it to what I necessarily do. I'm just going to compare it. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of educators and, 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 you know, seen quite a few. Um, I'm not sure we've changed enough. Um, I do think the needs of students and what students will do have changed a lot. Um, and I don't think, I don't, I don't know if PE is necessarily keeping up with, or at least, let me, let me not, not necessarily what is PE, but what is actually going on in schools is keeping up with what they, they need and the needs of children today. Um, I do think, you know, the incorporation of technology is critical. Um, small-sided games is, I don't think that's necessarily anything new, um, but obviously that's something we, we want to see. And Another thing is just, just um, you know, students aren't, they're either excellent in one particular activity or don't play sports at all, it seems. And not obviously physical education is more than sports, but as far as skills, there's such a very interesting skill and knowledge gap about games that they may not have played. Um, that's something I see is different. I, I mean, and just the, the unorganized play is not so much of a thing unless it's on online somehow. Um, most of the play they have gotten 
has been very, very structured in today's age. So when they're, you know, if they have some kind of like, like you, you can't overlook the social emotional part or how to solve problems because they've never really had an opportunity to do that. So those are some things I've noticed. Well, I think you so kind of far. blended the past with the with what it is today. Yes. So, I mean, but that's and that's per perfectly fine. What do you think? Where do you think middle school should go in the next twenty years? So, in my experience, I if students aren't playing sports in the eighth grade, they're very unlikely to pick it up in high school. It seems. So we need to continue to find, and I would you know I'd love to find some data on that. But from my experience, that has been true. Um, we've got to find ways to get students physically active outside of team games. Um, things incorporating technology will be huge. I do think students need to break from technology, but at the same time, we have to use what, what is current and what is, what is hip, I guess, for them to see. Um, I also feel like things like, like lifetime activities, like, like even gardening, you know, disc golf, games that they can play forever are critical um and middle schoolers love team games but they're just if they're not already and i, I don't know if that's just the way our, our culture has gone with sports and activities but if they're not playing sports in the eighth grade they're very un, unlikely to pick a lot of those up in high school um so finding ways for a lifetime and you know i think fitness is key um, helping them love and enjoy and understand and have that knowledge of fitness. Because um, you think about it, you know, my eighth graders, if they're not going to have some kind of weightlifting class um, or some weight, I mean, most of the time associated with sports, they may never learn in a general PE class how to lift weights if I don't teach them in eighth grade or they have one more credit. Um, and of course, you know, safety, proper form, but, you know, you know, you look at statistics and it's like, you know, walking and running and lifting weights are how adults stay fit if they stay fit. Um, obviously, there's more things like gardening and lifetime activities. But um, gosh, that's so critical of, of helping them learn to love individual activities that they could do with little to no money by themselves um, to stay fit and why to stay fit. And it's not so much about how you look, because especially in, you know, in middle school, they're, they're changing, their bodies are growing and developing, but how you feel and relating to that, to how it is, you know, how I, this, this movement will help you do what you want to do and mentally be ready to do it. So just shifting that mindset and just, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I know that there's so many great educators out there who don't roll up the ball, but I do still think there are those who do. Um, so understanding that, you know, this is a subject, this is, this is something that is important. And this may be the most critical class that you take as far as taking care of your body for health and wellness. And I think you said, here we are in 2022. How are we still talking about rolling out the ball? I don't get that. I, I, did, I thought we talked, I thought that that was gone but it isn't and you're correct. But I think you've hit on something pretty important because at middle school, we do see that huge the dive. Um, and I think, you know, I think some kids are, are powered, are they're done. They've won every ring. I, I look on Facebook today and I see these people that are, the trophies are bigger than their body and their rings that they're already getting. They have these humongous rings 
for winning a tournament. And I'm thinking, okay, I know that those are things that these kids feel like they've already accomplished. And so they're ready to move on to other things. So I think we, the team sports, like you said, I think we do that. And I think for some kids, they've been there, done that, and they're ready to move on to other things. And others will never make, um, I don't know, make the cut. And we need to give them uh, other opportunities. So that's why middle school is so, so important. Okay, we get to shift now to go into some professional, I'm sorry, more personal, fun kind of questions. Um, I can't even imagine asking this. I don't even didn't know you before our conversation today, Adam. But for some reason, I don't know why you should be in any other profession at all, other than what you're in. But I, my question to you is, if you could have chosen any other profession entirely, what would it have been? So really struggled when thinking about this. Um, <laughs> I really, Sorry I really did. And I, honestly, I do not have a great answer. My first thing was like, obviously sometime directly in sports. And then I went maybe in business. Um, you know, I, t- I, t- I tell kids, I was like, hey, look, if I, you know, if I wanted to earn a million dollars, I'd go start some business out there and I'd charge each of you this amount of money. <laughs> but um, I really, I really do love what I do. And I'm really glad I, I figured that out pretty early. So um, there's no need to, there's no need to try to find one. Though that's the key yeah. is sometimes some of these questions are, hey, there's not another profession. I'm in the best profession. Yes. Okay. And then sometimes we get like I would have been a international spy. I mean, we you know you never you never know. Uh, okay, Adam, what is the best advice you've ever received? The grass is greener where you water it. Ooh. Um, very good. Um, That's a bumper oh, sticker. It Remember is, buddy. We to, it is. We, we used to our, have those. Our, our merch our, store. We need to find that merch store. And yeah, come we up. do. That was good, Adam. The we grass is always greener where you water it. Yes. Um, wow. You know, you, you look at, and I think especially with teaching middle school students, um, they, they have behaviors that aren't honestly a lot of times not in their control just because of where their hormones are on that day and they're they're going to have a day but if you you know you work at it and you build those relationships and you love what you do and you you know you, you can do some amazing things you know as a health and PE teacher um, but at the same time if you're you know you find the, the negatives of that age group and you find a way to not like it that's where you'll be so um, you know wherever you go there you'll be water um, it water it might as well water it i like the best that you can be all right beach or mountains oh the beach and then in my head i put parentheses lake i know that was an option uh, that's okay um, it's okay it does we, we yeah. like lakes we like water see yeah, that's water there's a yep. watering yeah. theme here go ahead yep. all right uh favorite meal to eat or cook um my favorite meal to cook is asparagus and grilled chicken i know oh. that sounds like super lame um but when i luckily my wife is a wonderful cook um but when when i was a single person um it was asparagus and grilled chicken like three to four days a week hey buddy so I'll, is, I'll eat your asparagus I no i actually it. like wait a minute uh, that is not, one I, of the greens i i've, you'll been, eat that I've started eat. this what? is a big deal adam i'm this sorry is huge my my huge. people here okay I love the grill. That's like two green yes. things you're up to. I, can you believe English it? peas, I, okay. which is really not even a vegetable. Okay, come on. And asparagus. It's okay. Adam does not know me that I don't eat very well 
I mean, I know, I'm telling them okay. right now. So, okay. wow. Okay. Grilled, grilled asparagus. Oh, come on. It's really, it's coming on. It, grilled I, anything. Grilled it's good. I love grilled chicken too, by the way. And by the way, usually at this point of the, of the show, we always invite ourselves. So I will come for some grilled shrimp. I mean, not shrimp. Grilled. <laughs> you would. You'd that. come for that ah, too. Okay. I'm sorry. It <laughs> always comes Freudian. out. That was Freudian, buddy. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Favorite musician or band? Woody and a Blowfish. I love oh South Carolina, South Carolina, huh? All right, all right. I love Woody. I can't wait to see him in concert. I hope that happens again soon. Last time I like last time I had a chance, I couldn't go because had something else. But oh, I love Woody. Hey, only time I've seen him in concert was at Lakewood in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. A couple couple years ago. Yep. All right, best book you've read lately? Um, I love um, Audible. Um, Oh yeah. And so, because I, obviously I can you know, do it on my commute and obviously reading a lot of research, the PhD, but the last book, um, Health Disparities in the United States, mm. um, always good to understand different perspectives about barriers to health and wellness. And I know that sounds like I, I made this up for the podcast, but I, I'm a super nerd about those kind of things. Um, so that was, a, it's, it's great to look at different perspectives and I have to say my, my favorite, you know, I guess non, I love informational texts, but The Great Gatsby is still one of my favorite oh, books to yeah. this day. Oh, yeah. Um, and one of my favorite, you know, movies as well. So there you get the two sides of the coin for me. Robert Redford and The Great Gatsby. It's tough to beat, man. That's a great movie and an even better book. Yep. All right. I'm going to give you a question. I haven't, I don't think I've asked this of any other. I think it's one of, I always try to throw in something new from time to time if we ever do. What would you like your professional legacy to be? Um, I want, you know, in the, in the schools I've been, probably the best compliment from another adult is that, you know, you showed me that health and wellness can be fun. Mm and health and wellness and why it is important. And just from that coming from like a math teacher and obviously, but so my, my, my whole philosophy is that if I can convince you know, other adults in the building that health and wellness is important, that's just a great way to reach more and more kids with more and more relationships. So helping change you know, the culture of a specific school to health and wellness being a, a, a core subject just as important as anything else and critical for the well-being of students and that's just not students that's staff that's administration that's everybody being on the same page that's the legacy i'd like to leave is a whole school on the same page about health and wellness and encouraging students to be the best version of themselves which is a healthy version i think you're well on your way to do that (laughs) thank you all right, Adam, this is the best part. So this is where we play a little game that we like to play with our friends. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, and this game is in honor of our friend from the Western uh, region, Cam Kirst. I, I know you'll get to meet her at some point. Uh, so you're going to tell us three statements about you. Two of them will be true. One of them will be a lie. Buddy, you and I are going to work together oh. on our team skills. We don't we're have gonna, good team skills. I know, I know. I'm, we don't. We're competitive. Hey, we don't have good team skills. Okay. We're not good with our feelings. No. I mean, how many how many things has Adam pointed out today that we need to work on? Okay, so we're going to work it. on. Okay. This doing this. Okay. Okay. So I've got Adam, my, I've got my pencil and I'm going to write it down. 
Okay, uh, here we go. Too. Let's that, go. That's a rule. Okay, so Adam, <laughs> are you ready? Okay, buddy, are you ready? I'm ready. Come on. Okay, Adam, hit us. All right, two truths and a lie coming up. All right, I've been skydiving twice. Okay. I, I went back to high school after college and apologized to all of my high school teachers. Or I got married in December. Ooh. Okay. He got married. I don't know when, because he didn't put that on the resume. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. But he got, funny? I know. I, I'm just saying he did get married, but was it in December? That could be a trick. Although it also could have been a good time because the school break, okay, you know, like the right. holiday, the holiday. Right. Okay. So that's okay. Skydiving twice. He's, he seems kind of like he could do that. I mean, I think that, I think that that might be interesting. Yeah. But I do wonder, maybe he went skydiving once or three times. Oh, you think it's the number. Okay. Kind of like December. Right. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So you think he's, he's trying to, this is not easy. I know. I know. But hard. I think the interesting thing is that he apologized. He said he wasn't very good in school. Yeah. And it does seem like I think he, he would be that. the guy that would go back and do that. I, I because, think that's true. Okay. I'm going to say he learned it was hard. Like teaching is hard and correct. I was kind of a jerk sometimes. And okay. That's so we're going to call cool, two. So I'm going to say okay. two is true. Okay. True. I'm with you on that. All right. So what we got to flip a coin on one. So buddy. Two. All right. So we got, if he hypothetically got married in December, he'd have the holiday to go on his honeymoon, do all that. And we know they just moved, right? What month is this? April. No, May. This is May, May 2nd. Buddy. May. Oh, this sorry. is May, buddy. May. Sorry. Ooh. I mean, December kind of makes sense to me. Okay. So you're leaning that skydiving is not correct. I, I think maybe he did skydive, but, but I don't know twice. that it was twice. Okay. Was... We're going to say two and three are true. Right? Yes. And okay. number one is a lie. Is that correct? No, that's incorrect. Oh, see, oh. I tried so hard to work with you. What was it? So I, I got married in November. Oh. So, so. <laughs> Thanksgiving? Yeah, so um Oh, buddy, the so other honestly, holiday. So we have um we get a we get a week off in Cobb County, which is really nice. Um and uh all the the COVID weddings that were oh. canceled have been pushed. Oh, so we had yeah. very you know, Got teaching, it. we get great holidays, but if you want any other time off, it's very difficult. Yeah. So we right. got married during Thanksgiving um, and had a wonderful vacation or uh, honeymoon in California and Disneyland oh, and all that stuff. Nice. Um, I absolutely did. I, um, my English teacher who inspired me to be a teacher would let me come back to her class and talk about like what I wish I would have known nice. in high school. Yeah. And I, she I should let you to teach the great Gatsby. <laughs> seriously she, she, she really should. should um but um she I, I did i apologize to everyone my teachers i said i'm sorry for being this way and i was i think i was a bad student just not super motivated um could have done a lot better but you know that's the time of life and yep i've been skydiving twice um third time i feel like i'd be pushing my luck so okay, I yeah. Yeah, forget, there you that. go yep hang it up hang it up hang it up Actually, well, that's, listen, a, that's a funny story, but anyway. Hanging it up? Well, 
so the first time I went skydiving, I had bruised. I was bruised like where the strap was. And the second time I went Ooh. skydiving, the guy was like, yeah, that shouldn't happen. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's like, it made sense to me because obviously it's a pretty sudden stop. Yeah. And, you know, they pulled the parachute. Um, but anyway, I have video of it. It happened. I don't know if I ever do it again, but a lot of fun. Hey, buddy, I don't, I don't think we'd bruise. I think, I think we got plenty of padding everywhere. We'd be I just think, fine. I think the drop would be so fast. I th- yeah, I think we need a, I think a, a extra, big, extra a strong triple parachute. big yes. parachute. Okay. Yes, and definitely not tandem. No. Oh. That would break the plane. No, we couldn't no, do that. Oh. No, yeah. Hey, okay. Adam, this has been a delightful time. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us, and thank you for serving in the academy and for all your leadership positions and uh i just can't wait to watch your career and uh you have learned from some of the best that is absolutely for sure and uh we just had a great time having you on the show today so thank you well it's wonderful to actually honestly to meet you yeah and i I just want you to know we're going to talk we'll brag about you on our uh, ac meeting that we have oh yeah how very powerful this this message or just our conversation was but I cannot wait to see what you're going to be able to do in the academy. I think that you're going to you're going to do some great things. I know you're doing great things in Georgia, but we're excited you're on our team. So thank well, you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. It's always nice to learn from people who are smarter than you. So thank you so yeah. much. And oh. if I can ever talk to students, I love talking to, to young professionals. That'd be awesome. Because um, if you know they're the future and want to pump them up and give them a realistic take of what things are going to be. But at the same time, they, they could really have the best job in the world, um, in my opinion. So thank you. And it, it, it was great. And I enjoyed it. And one of the reasons why to, to join, you know, professional organizations is to meet great people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. thank you. And this brings us to the close of another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are taking a little summer hiatus, but we will be back in the fall. Buddy, great to see you. Stay out of trouble. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right.